Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 44, fourth paragraph, which starts with, if a mere code of morals are better philosophy. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Jody E.Q., 12 traditions, Penny L.C., and my readers are Mary H., Camille P., and Rocky I. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, May 23rd, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 9970-9970. And the reference number for this morning's meeting, May 24th, Wednesday, 7 a.m. East Coast, is 9971. 9971. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jody E.Q. to read the 12 steps. Jody, start one. Yes, this is Jody E.Q., grateful, recovered member in California. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jody. 
The 12 traditions are going to be read by Penny Elsie. Good morning, Penny. Sylvia, and good morning to everyone on the line. I'm Penny, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> should, re, um, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of praise, press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you, Sylvia, for your service and everyone on the line that helps this meeting um, happen today. And I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 44, fourth paragraph, where it starts, if a mere code of morals or better philosophy, and we're going to read for two paragraphs ending with, but where and how were we to find this power? And I'm going to ask Mary H. to begin. Mary. Good morning, Sylvia. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might. 
but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Sorry, my dog's growling in the background. He's, he's emphasizing the paragraphs. Um, so I'll just do a little quick share on this because, um, well, I mean, I could go on and on, but I'll time myself. That if a mere code of morals, this, this whole part about, you know, morals and ethics, and I mean, I certainly read a lot of how-to books. I read books on philosophies or just anything I could to help with this problem, this this kind of hole that I knew that needed to be filled. And um, even some spirituality, I just, that I, it just, I, with all of it, obviously it didn't touch my addiction. Um, but the, kind of the nice part about this is that even though, you know, now that I've, I'm a recovered woman, and I've found what my solution is. Those morals and ethics, I actually have the power now to follow things that I would like to follow. You know, while I'm in my addiction, I'm insane. I'm not making good decisions. I can't, you know, the whole truth truth from the false is not within my power. And um, I my judgment is skewed. So... This needs to come first, uh, you know, this book, for me, because I'm an addict and this is my solution. It's not the solution for everybody. Some people can read books on, you know, they've got other life manuals, and um, but not me. And I think that's all I wanted to say. I love how it ends, but where and how are we to find this power? You know, it's kind of the... We're left in a little suspense, although many of us know what that what the answer is, but we're going to read on and, and find more. So just with that, I will pass. Thank you, Mary. We're now going to open it up for sharing, and who do I have who would like to start this off? Gina R. Elaine Gina B. Gina R. Robin Elaine, B. Elaine B. Robin B. B. Thank you. Rocky, I. Rocky, I. Anybody else? Sue B. Sue B. I love how calm this meeting is. Okay, we've got Gina R, Elaine B, Robin B, Rocky I, and Sue B. Gina. Good morning, everybody. this is Gina R., great, gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado. <clears throat> um, I don't have the book in front of me. I did read it earlier this morning, and what it reminded me of was um, something I actually shared with a fellow several months ago, and it kind of just came back to me again today. And um, I'm, I'm going to use a, a sports metaphor I am a golfer, and um, there are actually a lot of spiritual principles that can be found in the game of golf, and the one that I think that relates to what we're reading this morning about lack of power 
um, and what we need to do to get that power um, fits with this. And I had a golf coach at one time who was helping me um, with my my swing, and I, I kept saying, I, ha- I know I have more power than this. Why isn't the ball going as far as I want or where I want it to go? And he said, well, it's because you're trying to control um, – you're trying to control every aspect of the swing. And when you take a backswing with a golf club, you, you have to think of physics. Everything lines up in a plane. And what I was doing is about halfway into my backswing, I was making an extra effort and I was changing the plane on which the club would come down and hit the ball. And he said, it's that piece right there. He's like, you're you're over trying, you're trying too much, and you're creating the wrong angle. And he said, just cut your backswing in half, and you will find that you will probably get double the distance when you hit the ball. And gosh darn it, if that was not true. So the way I apply that to this program is surrendering. I had to surrender part of my backswing, and I ended up being able to hit the ball where I wanted it to go, and I got double the distance. And that's what I'm seeing with this program. I remember when I started um, the food plan, I told my sponsor, I don't have time to do this. I've got to work. I've got all these things I've got to do. I don't have time to do all of this. And she said, just do it. Just keep doing it, and you will find that you have more time. And gosh darn it, wasn't she right as well? So if we will surrender Somehow, the power greater than ourselves enters into our situation and infuses us with more than we ever thought possible. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Elaine B., followed by Robin B. Thanks so much for your service. Sylvia, this is Elaine B., gratefully recovered of compulsive overeating in Massachusetts, one day at a time. And um, if a mere code of morals or better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. You know, it talks a little earlier in, um, about there's a solution and also in the spiritual experience about having these profound kind of white light spiritual experiences. And I had one of those in 1986 that was uh, gave me a kind of better philosophy and a new code of morals that helped me step out of bars and and into church. But, um, you know, that was decades ago, and yet I was not able to have the type of experience that was necessary to help me put down my food. You know, I was was (laughs) baffled and battered every single day with the bedevilments. You know, I had problems in personal relationships, and um, I, I... was a prey to misery and depression, and I just had challenges I couldn't overcome. And the code of uh, moral ethics and, and philosophy was was not sufficient, and the spiritual experience was not sufficient. And so even though I had that one white light great experience, I still had to come into this room as an agnostic, somebody who didn't know a power great enough to help relieve my compulsion to eat. Um, I, I never got a design for a living that really worked. 
1A is what dragged me in here, my powerlessness over food. I could barely admit the rest of my life was unmanageable, and it wasn't until I put down the food and saw that my life was still unmanageable that I really learned that. Full step one admission, I'm powerless over food and life is unmanageable for me. But um, I needed a new power, and I needed to say, oh, this God I learned about in church and I read about, I have to be able to be willing for a new conception, a greater experience, something new with that power greater than myself to be able to put down what I know and be open to a new experience of, of what I don't know, one that is great enough, sufficient enough to help relieve this compulsion for me one day at a time every day every day, uh, one that I could utterly abandon my food to and all the rest of my life, everything to. And so I really believe that openness is such a key. We're going to read a little later that God doesn't make it too hard to find them for those who seek him. And and, uh, so um, openness is really, really the the thing that I needed to be able to come in and look at this a new way and have a new experience that was sufficient to relieve me of this compulsion one day at a time. And I passed. Thank you, Elaine B. Robin B., followed by Rocky I. Hi, this is Robin B., compulsive overeater. And um glad to be here, and thank you, everyone, for your service. And uh, this really struck me because I have been... Um, reconnecting with a higher power that is different than it's ever been for me before. And I've been in relapse for, um, gosh, probably 21 years on and off um, in and out of, you know, relapse and program. But I'm back for good. I came back last summer. Anyway, with this reading, um, Lack of Power, that was our dilemma. And um, to find a power greater than myself... I had to um, be still. <laughs> uh, I'm a person who likes to think that I'm, you know, pretty nice and, you know, all these positive things. But on the inside, I'm a person of extremes. And I would swing um, between extremes. And what I have found lately, and I'm very hopeful about, is that when I stop and just be still, all that energy that I've been expending, struggling, trying to make things work, uh, comes to me. And instead of that energy being manic, it's calm. And it's a lot stronger. And then I think, oh, well, this feels good. (laughs) And uh, so every day I have to remind myself because I, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to recovery and abstinence, which would be great. <laughs> but it, it's because um, of my giving up the struggle. Every time I catch myself struggling, trying to force things, wishing things, whatever, I realize that I'm spending all this energy and when I stop and I just, sit with the feelings, and I just look at them honestly, and then I let them go. I watch them in my mind just go fly away that, you know, it's a visualization, of course. But um, then then the calm comes to me, and then energy comes back to me, 
and then it's like I can breathe again and I think, oh, <laughs> this is what it's all about here. I don't have to actually do anything. If I just stop and be calm and be quiet and be centered, my higher power moves in and does its thing. And I just have to trust. And I think that that's probably been um, an issue is trust and that that will work. And now uh, reading this reminds me. So very happy and uh, I'm very grateful and I hope to become one of these people that are recovered, not cured, but recovered every day, one day at a time. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Robin. Rocky I, followed by Subi. Rocky. Good morning. This is Rocky. Can I do start? Yes. Okay. So Rocky recovered in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, I love my big book. Every chapter, every paragraph is my favorite. <laughs> um, so a nerd code, uh, code of morals, but a better philosophy. Um, I... In my search for the new diet, the new this, you know, how to get rid of the food and the fat, and I, I did the search. You know, I got into um, um, yoga and meditation, but I just couldn't, you know, and 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 I, I learned different disciplines, and but that didn't help, um, and so. Um, when I came to program and I found, I met uh, somebody to whom the problem had been solved, and um, and he taught me that you know he did speak about God, and and I'm like okay let's let's see, and I like what he had to say, and um, it was like okay well if I don't have a power let's see let's challenge I I've always been very challenging. Okay, let's see. Let's try it. And oh my God, like it's true. Who knew that the big book was gonna help me find God? And it did. And um, and so today I have the power, um, the power of of uh, getting into a meeting, of uh, picking up my book, the power of rejecting the food um, or the harmful food because I have to eat three times a day. So. Uh, if there's a newcomer on the line uh, and you are a little challenging like I am, you know, like get your book and do as it is and and let's see, let's talk when you finish reading the, the first part of the book, the recovery section. See if, um, if you don't recover, I challenge you because um, I didn't think it was going to work for me, and gosh darn it, it did, and it does. It doesn't get old. Um, I'm going through my second big book because I already um, used all the little margins of notes and highlights, and so it works. Uh, give it a try. If the God word gives you the, the, the icky feeling, uh, just act as if. You know, just act as if and just go through it. And so with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky I. Sue B, and then I'll probably slip in behind and then I'll open it up again. So, Sue B. 
Hi, Hi this is Sue B. from Washington State, and I'd like to thank everyone that put on Wednesday, Team Wednesday, for um, all that they do to get this, to have this meeting. Um, I really, um, this is such a powerful few paragraphs, and it reminds me that um, what I used to do when I tried to follow codes, which is what I do, and philosophies, which is what I think, I tried that for years and years and years, books, diets, um, philosophies, self-help groups. I mean, I tried it for years, and if that's what I needed... I tried with all my might, but it failed me completely. And so it says right here, my human resources, as marshaled by my will, was not sufficient. And boy, that was true for me. And then I love how the next paragraph says, lack of power was our dilemma. And that is just so succinct. That is my issue. That is my addiction. Lack of power. That's why I have my addiction. And I was told many, many moons ago that anywhere in the big book where it says had, like you had to do something, you have to pay close attention to. And the very next line is, we had to find a power greater, a power by which we could live. And it's such a beautiful statement by which I could live. A power that I can live with, that can sustain me and give me strength that I can't give to myself. And that's such a beautiful paragraph and reminds me that this is not a by-myself job. I have to be connected to that power that is greater to, than myself. If I can stay um, out of the food and be, be a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm so grateful for this book. I'm so grateful for A Vision for You. I've been a listener for over two years and it's completely changed my life. And it strengthened my face-to-face meetings that I attend. So um, I'm very grateful and happy that I could be on the line live today for for a chance. So thank you all, and um, I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Subi. This is Sylvia F. I'm going to slip in here for a minute. And, um, uh, you know, the... We've been uh, reading the the prior chapters to this as we've been reading about, and we've really been identifying in about the problem that we have, which is this addiction and, um, you know, going to food for ease and comfort and um, unable to put the food down. And then we slip into this next chapter, We Agnostics. And you know, when someone explained to me, and it was through these lines, that it simply meant without knowledge. And I could agree that I was without knowledge. I I had lack of power. That was definitely, I could not keep the food down. I couldn't understand why everybody in the world had more self-control self than me. And what was the matter with me? It took me years to realize that I they didn't have more self-control. They just didn't want it. They weren't addicts. And that, you know, that was 10 years into program before I finally understood that it wasn't self-control. That was not the difference. But I love the line here on um, page 45. You know, if you're a newcomer and you've been taught all of a sudden, well, it's not all of a sudden, it's throughout that we're talking about God and spirituality. You know, if you're as desperate as I was, I decided that I didn't care what, you know, spirituality, whatever, just please help me. I was desperate and I followed the directions. 
And when I followed the directions, I got relief. And I had to quit questioning everything. This was not an intellectual exercise. But here it says, it says lack of power. That was our dilemma. And it says we had to find a power by which we could live. And so it's no longer saying we had to find a power by which we could put our food down. We had to find a power in which we could be a size six or we had to find and put a power down so people would admire us. You know, it says, no, we, we need this so we could live. And for me, it, working the steps is when I discovered that life was the problem. I, I was judging everyone. I was feeling judged. I didn't feel okay about myself. It didn't matter that from the outside, I looked, you know, I looked great. I had a professional job. I was successful in my career. I had a husband and kids and, you know, life went on. Did not matter. I felt bad all the time and I was trying to feed that with food. And so this is the chapter where it says we had to find a power by which we could live. So we're moving on from alcohol or from food. And it says on page 51, leaving aside the drink problem. That's what we're going to do. It's like, okay, we're going to put the food down. We're going to put the plug in the jug. And we are going to get relief for life. And that's the joy that I hear on the lines. And that is the joy that I have. And with that, I pass. And it's now opened up for more shares. Who would like to share? Okay. Okay, you guys both stepped on each other. Let's try it again. Laura M. Laura M. Carol K. Carol K. Sherry K. Okay, Wendy we got Sherry, Judy, Sherry, Judy, Sherry Wendy, M. Okay, uh, I've got somebody. Okay, I've got Laura M, Carol K, Sherry K B, Wendy M. I missed someone, and I have Terry M, and I missed someone else. One or two people. Terry Laura, 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 Terry H. And Lori, I missed your last name, but we'll get there. Okay, so this is what I have. Laura M., Carol K., Sherry KB, Wendy M., Lori, missed the last initial, and Terry M. No, Terry H. I think we have two Terrys there. Does that sound right? Did I miss someone? KTG. Uh, say it again, please. KTG. I, could you spell that? I can't understand. I'm sorry. Sure. G-I-T-T-Y. G-I-T-T-Y. Giddy G. Okay. Let's go with that. Laura M. Carol K. Laura, can you start? Yep. Good morning, everybody. This is Laura M. from New York. Thank you so much for your service and being here this morning. Um, this is one of my favorite paragraphs. And for me, um, if mere code of morals or better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcohol, many of us would recover long ago. And um, for me, I find that I, my whole life I prided myself on being moral and I prided myself on understanding philosophies to overcome um, the pains in life that I felt. And I just felt, again, that self-knowledge, if I knew enough and and um, I could do enough, I would be enough. So um, today what I've learned, of course, through my steps is not only did my human resource fail me, um, though I did gain a lot of knowledge, um, 
I realized at some point how much time I would actually try to outwit God and um, would always have a better way. And, and still sometimes, you know, I have my higher power. We have a great relationship. And that seems to increase the more and more I get out of myself, the more and more I recognize like, wow, this is amazing. I never could have achieved this. And I realized um, sometimes I even still try to compete with God. And, um, and then the more I get out of self, the more I just see things like I can't compete with the sun coming up and the stars coming out and the moon changing phases. I just can't compete with that. And the more I let go, the stronger my higher power becomes and I'm able to tap into that. And um, it's really still about that surrender. And there is absolutely a power greater than myself. Um, and I could be as moral as can be, and that'll never replace that power. So for today, I'm grateful, I'm abstinent, and thank you all for being here. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. And now we will go on to Carol Kay, followed by Sherry KB. Carol? Hi, this is Carol Kay. Um, recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Uh, lack of power, that was our dilemma. Well, when I came into this program, that wasn't my dilemma. I didn't, I didn't think it was anyway. Because, you know, I was so busy playing God for over 30 years that, you know, it was either my way or the highway. And if you didn't, if you didn't agree with my way, then you were definitely wrong. Um, so take the highway. I didn't want nothing to do with you. I had major control issues, and I, I was. I was playing God. And, you know, I, I got on different meetings, but, but forget that. By the time I came to a vision for you and started listening to the meetings, I listened for a few days a week, and I said, all right, these people are all crazy, or they're right, and I need to figure it out. And because I have a broken brain and I can't fix it, I, uh, with my control issues, needed to find out for myself. I didn't want to hear from other people, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I listened, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to get a sponsor, and I'm going to listen to everything she tells me to do, even though I don't want to. I'm going to listen because I have to see if this works. Now I have to see. My stubbornness comes out. And these are my character defects, which today I want everybody on this line to know that I embrace. And I embraced my broken brain today. So I did, and she said the first thing I had to do was put the food down. Didn't like it. Went over my foods that I have binge foods and ingredients. Didn't like it. Did it. Um, wasn't easy. Probably one of the hardest things I ever did in my entire life. Let me rephrase myself. Was the hardest thing I ever did in my entire life. Um, and here it says we had to find a power which we could live in. It had to be a power greater than ourselves, and that's in italics. So that's telling me something right there. So now I had to stop and say, okay, you're not God. Now you're going to read this book, and, I, and that's what I did. I exactly did it. Put the food down. So important for all you newcomers on this line. Get yourself a sponsor right away. Put the food down. You, you, they're going to work with you. They'll guide you right through this book. Now, I didn't believe in a God when I came in here. I was agnostic. I didn't know what was out there because I was too busy playing God. And today I know there's a God, and I know it's not me. And I'm so grateful to be recovered today. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, moderator, for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. Sherry KB followed by Wendy M. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. <clears throat> Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Thank you for your service, Sylvia. 
um, if a if a moral code of, of morals, excuse me, if a mere moral, if a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to to overcome compulsive overeating, I would have recovered long ago. Um, I was a soul searcher. Um, I not only was I I was talking earlier uh, this month about looking out for things outside of myself. I was always trying to fix my soul. I was always in retreats. I was going on silent retreats. I was doing all kinds of things to find the answer, to find that hole in my soul. And, um, you know, because I was always trying to fill it up with everything outside of myself besides the food. And I didn't know that I had lack of power because I was taught that I had willpower and I should have it. That's what I was taught growing up. And what's the matter with you? Why can't you put the food down? You know, everything else in your life is fine. Why can't you do this? I, I got that a lot growing up. And I, I beat myself up emotionally with that for years until I found out that it was the lack of power in my life. And it, it wasn't willpower. It was lack of power. And what's interesting to me is if you notice in the last sentence where it says power, lack of power is, is not capitalized, but then it says, that um, I have to find this power, and it's capitalized. So it's telling me that, you know, it's I can't do this by myself. I need the power. I need that. And we're going to find out how in this book in a very short amount of time, and I love that we're in the solution here. And just that, you know, I used to think if I just mustered up enough willpower, I, would, I could do this thing. And I always judged what was wrong with me. And it's not a moral issue. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with willpower. It's just I can't do this. I'm not a normal person when it comes to this stuff. I'm a, comp- I'm a true compulsive overeater. And, and that's what I finally had to diagnose, that I am a true compulsive overeater. I cannot do this by myself. And that it's a lack of power. And I have a power deep down within me, inside of me, a deep you know, in, in 567, it talks about a spiritual experience and that we have tapped into an unexpected, unsuspected inner resource. And so that, that inner resource is my higher power within me, and I just had to uncover it with all the food to get to it and go through these steps to get unblocked so I can connect with my higher power. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Wendy M., followed by Lori. Yeah, good morning, Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. Grateful to be on the line with all of you. And uh, thank you, Sylvia, for your uh, service today. So, um, you know, like most of the shares, right, I spent many years in therapy, uh, reading books, going to seminars, going to the retreats. Um, having, I was even in an eating disorder group way before I found Overeaters Anonymous. Um, and I spent a lot of money, as did everybody else. You know, and I was searching because I knew there was a problem, but I had no idea what the problem was, zero, zero idea. And um, looking for an answer, and I think I was looking for God, and I think I was looking to come home, but it never, it never happened. But I was searching. I always wanted to come home, and finally, 11 months ago, when I got entirely abstinent, started working this program, um, I was home. You know, it's exhilarating. Uh, and the the other thing I want to say is somebody said the word powerless on the line this morning, and a light bulb went off. Um, lately, I've been just trying to be all-powerful. I've been trying to control absolutely everything that moves. Um, I've wanted to fix 
everybody's problem. Um, I'm exhausted. And then I hear the word powerless. I'm like, oh, thank God. for This is such good news that I'm powerless. Oh, my God. I forgot. I forgot step one. And then, you know, God shows up. God says, you know what? Suit up, show up, listen to the line. Somebody says powerless. And I get complete relief. I get to relax. My whole body just relaxes. Sanity is returned. I don't have to run it. I am not the power at all. I am powerless. And I just love the fact that these words come alive. I hear a word and everything melts. Everything just gets quiet and calm because I'm back with God, you know. And what great news that I can, um, that, that I'm reminded I'm powerless. I can let go. Everybody else can stay in their swim lane. I do not have to be in their swim lane. I do not have to run the show for other people. Oh, my God, I thought I did. Um, so I'm so, so, so grateful. And I love also just the line that I heard about live, that this is um, by which we could live, not by which we could eat, by which we could live. It's a three-dimensional program. This program says, here's what you do, and this is how you treat other people. Um, and if I can access that power, thank you, God, every day. It's a program of action, not a program of thinking. So if I act my way into this, if I take action every day, I can, act, I can be unblocked, I can access this power, I can be useful of maximum usefulness to other human beings. What a treat. What a gift. Thank you, God, and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Wendy M. Lori, and I didn't get your last initial, your initial of your last name, Lori. Hi. Hi, this is Lori. Uh, I'm grateful to be here, and I'm an unrecovered compulsive overeater. Um, and this is my first phone meeting, though I've been doing in-person meetings for a while. So thanks for uh, all of you for providing this for me to join in this morning. Um, yeah, so this is absence day two because I keep having these slips. And uh, the reading this morning reminded me of the conversation I had with my sponsor last night um, about my last slip, which was two nights ago, because late at night when I'm in physical pain is always when I slip. Um, And, uh, you know, just, you know, I kept saying, you know, well, I need to this and I, you know, and, and he kept saying, listen to your language. You don't need to do anything. Right. You need to stop trying to do this because you clearly keep messing it up. And I'm like, oh, right. Yes. That whole like step one again and step two again and step three again, you know, all these steps I keep thinking I'm doing. And um, I am just the ultimate control freak. I mean, probably not any more than any other crazy addict, but, um, you know, I keep trying to fix this problem and fix myself and, find some solution and uh, not make space for God. And um, it's very ironic since I have a very atheist sponsor and I'm a member of the clergy. Um, So I can definitely attest that, you know, moral codes and legal codes and spiritual paths and, you know, all these things are pretty useless when it comes to compulsive overeating. Um, they, They certainly are for me, um, when I'm 
trying I'm the one trying to do them. So anyway, thanks for listening this morning. Thank you, Lori. And um please stay till the end of the meeting and you can introduce yourself as a newcomer. Terry H. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I didn't hear that. What? Uh stay at the end of the meeting. You can introduce yourself as a newcomer. Stay to the end. Hang on. Okay. Terry H and Giddy G. Hi, thanks. Um, my name is Terry H, a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, yeah, I like uh, listening to everyone. Uh, some great shares today on this passage. Um, in my disease and going through um, the first four parts of the big book, I learned that I was powerless over my um, disease, compulsive overeating, purging, and restricting. Um, all human resources, self-will, self-knowledge, um, was insufficient for me in, uh, as I was in my disease. And then I came to this part in working the steps with my sponsor and, um, you know, learned that I had to find a power greater than myself, which I could live. You know, I was the worm deep in the mud. Anything above in my disease, anything above that mud was a, a power greater than myself. Um, and I was so willing. I was willing and open to believe anything um, um, was, you know, that I could hold on to that was greater than myself, definitely. And, you know, as I went through that process, as I continued to work the steps, you know, my higher power constantly revealed itself to me in many different forms the sunrise the sunsets the moon the stars the beauty the beauty in other people color rain thunderstorms you know it was just such an awesome experience as i grew closer and closer to um understanding what that power greater than myself was for me and how it was um helping me in my disease of compulsive overeating. You know, today I, I seek every day my higher power's vision, and I'm so grateful. I am so grateful that I have the opportunity today to breathe and live and live life, as it says, in which we could live and have all the experiences that I have in my life today. I'm really grateful for that. And where and how, how did I find this power? It's outside of me, most definitely. It's external from me. Um, and how do I get it? I surrender. You know, I have to surrender. I have to turn it over and surrender. Believe, willing, surrender. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for uh, a vision for you at OA and uh, the teachers that I've had thus far in my life um, to help me understand my disease. With that, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. Giddy G? Hi, good morning. It's Giddy G. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi, good morning, everybody. It's Giddy G. Thank you so much. I'm gratefully recovering one day at a time, living in 10, 11, and 12. Um, and I've been listening to the meeting for a while, and I'm really grateful to everybody makes this meeting happen. Um, we had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. And there was a lot of resistance 
um, particularly because, um, you know, the step says, you know, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves. I knew there was a power greater than me, but the belief that somebody really cared enough to return me to sanity on step two was 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 the bigger halt for me to jump over. It was very scary for me, um, and specifically for the reasons, if, you know, we look down at the page, further down on page 45, to others the word God brought up a particular idea of him which had someone had tried to impress them during childhood. And for me, looking past, looking back and seeing, you know, the authority figures in my life, I really, really got a very distorted way of thinking when it came to authority. You know, authority was punitive. Authority was hurtful. Authority was out to get me. Authority was there to damage me, not save me, belittle me. And, um, and it was very frightening for me to believe in a power greater than myself because all the belief I've had in powers or authority greater than myself was really failed. Um, and now I needed to realize that I needed a power greater than that, that just good old-fashioned authority was not going to cut it. Um, and I have to say, when I came into program in the beginning, my power greater than myself was my sponsor, 100%. If she said jump and stand on your head and spit nickels, that was what I was going to do. I was so desperate. I was so, so, so desperate to get out of the craziness, the food fog, um, and all the challenges that came with my compulsive overeating um, the physical manifestations, the spiritual, emotional manifestations. And, you know, once really God did for me what I couldn't do for myself and he helped me through step two and, you know, I came to believe that a power greater than myself does want me, sane, cares about me, loves me, created me, and for that reason alone, I am okay. Um... I was able to take the further steps and continue on my journey. And for me, what I'm learning is is that every challenge, every difficulty, every resentment, every joy has to come back to step two and knowing that it's the power greater than myself that ultimately returns me to sanity. And I'm grateful to be part of such a nurturing group of spiritual-oriented people. It's a gift. It's a miracle that I'm abstinent today. It's a privilege and I know it's really because of my power greater than myself that is helping me do this one day, one minute at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Giddy G. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And thank you to Team Wednesday. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Camille P. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Camille P., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.